Today on Recur Now, we dive deep into WeWork's controversial IPO, give you a sneak peek at tomorrow's segment called Name Your Price, and I break down Teen Zoo's subscribed during our ProfitWell book club. From our Boston HQ, it is Wednesday, August 28th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagne. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, your recurring revenue headlines with Grace. The future of subscription car shopping, details on which video conferencing software took home one big award, and we're shining a CEO spotlight on the founder of ClassPass. Today, we've got your top subscription news. First up, Volvo announced earlier this week it's expanding its controversial subscription program. Care by Volvo, launched in 2017, is a two-year subscription service where the use of a vehicle, insurance, and maintenance costs are rolled into monthly payments. Now, the revamped Care by Volvo program has shortened the time it takes dealers to qualify, approve, and get subscription customers into vehicles. It's also making it easier for customers to get insured and will expand the product options offered. Depending on how these changes pan out, maybe other vehicles companies will follow suit, paving the path for the future of subscription travel. And BlueJeans, world leader in cloud video conferencing, is bursting at the seams with its latest good news. G2 Crowd, a peer-to-peer review site for business software, awarded BlueJeans first place in the Enterprise Results Index for video conferencing, beating out Skype Business and Zoom. Last but never least, Payal Kadakia, founder and CEO of ClassPass, shared her story on the Forbes interview with Stephen Bertoni. Kadakia discussed hard-earned lessons through her journey, including the courage to pivot, calculated risk, and applying business smarts. You can listen to the full episode on Apple Podcasts. Just check out the link in the description. And now, back to Abby to go deep on WeWork. We, the people, are apparently very enthralled by WeWork. WeWork, now officially known as the We Company, filed for their S1 on August 14th in a film noir-esque documentation. Many internet goers claim they spent more time than they'd care to admit reading through the paperwork that WeWork submitted to the SEC last week, in part due to the outrageous nature of the language. As WeWork began the filing with a quote, We dedicate this to the energy of we, greater than any one of us, but inside each of us, and then proceeded to claim they offer something called space as a service, but readers were less than convinced. And as of today, the debate-worthy commentary keeps rolling in. Headlines asking, is WeWork a good business? And others stating, WeWork will be the most ridiculous IPO of 2019, have flushed the news since the preliminary IPO announcement. So why are we so enthralled by this WeWork saga? Well, It seems to be a case of business model, economics, and downright ethics. An article from Forbes senior contributor Stephanie Denning claims WeWork has an arguably strong value proposition, but the business case and economics are much less clear. And from a business perspective, there is reason for concern. And she's afraid that isn't the end of the story. Arguably, the most worrying data points are those that dip into the question of ethics. The filing divulged that the company has been leasing, rather than buying, real estate from WeWork CEO Adam Newman, making him a pretty penny. After After scrutiny, the company ultimately purchased those buildings to avoid further conflict, from which Newman cashed out more than 700 mil in a mix of stock sales and debt. Here now, we have ProfitWell pricing strategist Devin Batia, who admits he too reacted strongly to the filing. The way that I looked at this was in a couple different viewpoints. One was from Adam Newman's point of view. So here I am, I have just created this company. From a capitalistic standpoint, I think the way that he structured it is amazing. And I use that in a term of the sense 
he trademarked, he's licensing out all of his companies and all he's doing is collecting money. So from that perspective, from the capitalistic perspective, good for him. You know, he's skirting around the system. On the other hand, when I look at it as an investor, I am staying as far away as possible from this company or investing in it as I can. Couple reasons. Number one, their biggest competitor is a real estate competitor. And we've seen in the S1, they mentioned that they're a tech company many times. They're not a tech company. They are a real estate company. Their valuation is ridiculous. At some point, the market's going to wisen up and they're going to realize this should not happen and their stock is going to plummet. Also, from a risk standpoint, Adam Newman and his partner, Rebecca Paltrow, he has so much power. And if anything ever happens to him, the estate is able to pick the next CEO. He can control everything. So there's just too much power in his hands. And I know that that's kind of how the tech companies are trying to do it. But this guy is already showing that he's very eccentric. He really cares about himself. So it's quite scary. And then also, if you look at the organizational chart, there's like 25 different subsections of the company. I just do not understand why people would even invest in it. If you can't look at it and understand what's going on, then there's something going on here. So I think it's really cool that they, you know, we, we get to see what's going on in the inside. But this is a problem. I am staying as far away as possible. But again, good for that guy. He's going to get rich. He did his thing. But wow. Thanks, Devin. And in their IPO filing, the company defended its $47 billion valuation, claiming their tech company status makes them worth more than their main competitor, IWG, in the real estate realm, calling into question what it means to be a tech company. They argued their innovation and flexibility rival that of real estate counterparts, but WeWork's filing fails to explain a valuation that's more than 10x IWGs, especially since they're operating at a huge loss, losing nearly 900 mil in the first half of this year. August 14th filing states Newman last stock sale was in 2017, which doesn't present a convincing argument for us to jump on board with. And we remain unconvinced that offering space as a service is a good enough reason to consider yourself a tech company. And that's it for your subscription news for August 28th. We'll have more recurring revenue news for you here tomorrow. And now a teaser for Name Your Price. On tomorrow's Name Your Price, Abby asks, For how much would you give up your strongest team member? And it gets pretty spicy. If you don't want to be at this company, then I don't want you to be at this company. That's why I don't want to pay anything. Like, you should just intrinsically want to be here. Find out the rest of his answer as well as others only on Recur Now. RecurNow.com And next up, I take a look at Teen Zoo's Subscribed in a segment we call the Profit Well Book Club. Subscription software, subscription media, subscription pickles, you name it. And out there somewhere, there's a recurring revenue business for it. The subscription model is no doubt dominating the world and turning the traditional business model on its head. On today's ProfitWell Book Club, I dive deep into Subscribed, written by Zora's CEO, Teenzo, who argues the subscription model is revolutionizing our future and how to start implementing it the right way. Subscribed at its core is an analysis of how the subscription business model is taking over industries across the board. In it, Teen drives home three main points. Point number one, the recurring revenue model is revolutionizing our future. We're all witness to the internet revolutionizing how people fundamentally connect with companies and access products. And with this, the subscription business model is becoming ever apparent in industries across the board. Think about it. The video, music, and retail industries are already so heavily on board with the model. And although tech companies took an immediate hit when they made the switch to subscription, they've ultimately gained exponentially from it. 
Startups who are taking a huge gamble with this model have actually dominated those better established companies by following through. Remember Blockbuster before streaming services came around? Me neither. Point number two. The subscription model challenges the traditional business model, instead prioritizing users' changing needs over perfecting a physical product. While the traditional business mindset revolves around creating a product and selling as much of it as you can, the subscription model provides even more access and service. Just look at Netflix, Spotify, or Lyft. People value these services over a physical product. Once you recognize what your user actually wants, you're much better placed to tailor your service to those in need of them. Point number three. You must follow a new system to start implementing your own subscription model. Traditional marketing is all about product, price, promotion, and place. It reflects a black and white approach of creating something people want, making it competitive yet profitable, advertising it intelligently, and selling it in the right place at the right time. But this model changes when you swap out product for subscription. So, do you need to read this? Subscribed is a must-read for subscription newbies. We give a copy to all new hires. But for folks already in the thick of it, this summary should give you all you need. Ultimately, we should be shifting our mindsets to better recognize, understand, and avoid the shortcomings of traditional innovation, marketing, sales, finance, and IT strategies. A business with a successful business model does this openly, constantly innovating to the needs of their user. If you feel like you're set, skip ahead. But if you want to dig deeper with us, keep listening. We digested subscribed from cover to cover so you don't have to. So let's dig a bit deeper into each point and see what we can unpack from Teen's take. Point number one. The recurring revenue model is the business model of our future. We're all witness to the internet revolutionizing how people connect with companies and access products. And with this, the subscription business model is becoming ever apparent in industries across the board. From eating and traveling to reading and consuming media, Teen underlines that users are veering against physical products. Instead, they want services. And we're amid a data revolution, which is fueling this new business model, one that comes down to two key factors, service and access. So many industries are already so heavily on board with the model. You no longer buy CDs or DVDs, but instead a subscription to Spotify or Netflix. And although tech companies took an immediate hit when they made the switch to subscription, they've ultimately gained exponentially from it. Although shifting to the model is clearly advantageous, it has had its hurdles especially for small businesses. For pre-existing physical software like Adobe, switching meant a period of decline since subscription revenues were deferred for a year. Cost increased and revenue decreased. This is known as a fish. When plotted on a graph, the two curves give you the outline of a fish as revenue dips and expenses climb. That being said, the upfront hit is often worth it because you're pivoting with the times. Startups who are taking a huge gamble with this model have actually dominated those better established companies by following through. We're much more concerned with accessing a service at the time we need it than obtaining the physical product in our hands. And this mindset arguably goes to show that business school and graduating with your MBA is a waste of time, Teen claims. Only 12% of the companies in the 1955 Fortune 500 list, an index of the 500 most profitable companies in the U.S., are still on it today. And that's because they couldn't keep up with the times. They weren't adaptable enough to remain a need for their users. And the ones still on that list you may not even recognize because they've flipped their switch so majorly. It comes down to the bottom line that the traditional business model is dead. Point number two, the subscription model challenges the traditional business model, instead prioritizing users changing needs 
over perfecting a physical product. While the traditional business mindset revolves around creating a product and selling as much of it as you can, the subscription model provides the golden combination of access with service. Again, look at Netflix, Spotify, Lyft, all industries are being touched by the new outlook, recognizing what their users actually want so they're much better placed to tailor their service to those in need of it. Again, people value services over a physical product. If we look to travel, we have Lyft and Uber taking over every major road as users want that convenience factor rather than a vehicle and its subsequent fees. And for those car junkies out there, there's even still an option to subscribe to the physical product. Makers like Porsche and Volvo are offering subscription services at a monthly rate. Surf Air dips into subscription aviation, a monthly private jet expense. Teen also looks to newspapers, the original subscription players, and that subscription news services still dominate the space reinstating the idea that readers are loyal and will pay for good content. Subscribed was published in June 2018, and it's even more of a challenge today to think of an industry that has not seen an effect from the subscription model. And we're only seeing more launched every day. Point number three, you must follow a new system to start implementing your own subscription model today. Traditional marketing is all about the four P's, product, price, promotion, and place. But like we said, this model changes when you swap out product for subscription. One of the most obvious and immediate changes will lie in your bookkeeping efforts. The old school approach recognizes one corresponding credit for every debit, but applying that to subscription services doesn't work because of the recurring nature of the income. And the traditional method would make your company look like it's spending a lot more than it's taking in. So Teen came up with a new approach to the overview based on annual recurring revenue, which we know as ARR. You start with gross ARR, what you make from subscriptions each year, and subtract your churn. In recurring revenue businesses, it can look like there's hardly any profit being made, but that's not necessarily the case because when ARR grows, the budget does too. You calculate recurring profit by deducting recurring costs like admin fees and overheads. And Teen advises us to remember that even though sales and marketing costs come out of the recurring profit, they are also counted as future income because they're spent on growth, so they ultimately help increase ARR. With a subscription model, the presence of IT also becomes exponentially more crucial as IT teams switch their focus to managing multiple subscribers' behaviors and responding to their needs in real time. Subscription services are cyclical, constantly looking at renewals, suspensions, upgrades, and downgrades, and so they require much more dynamic data systems because of it. And Teen advises following the Padre system to start transforming your business into a user-centric subscription operation. Padre stands for Pipeline, Acquire, Deploy, Run, and Expand. Pipeline is about raising awareness of your company and turning it into demand. Acquisition is all about understanding your users' needs and leading them to sign up for a new subscription. Deploy refers to getting your users set up with your service as seamlessly as possible. Running simply means the day-to-day management of your service running smoothly. And expanding is all about retaining your users through growth and functionality, innovating with new developments as you see fit. Padre is all about cross-functional coordination, so all the cogs in your machine are affecting one another. This becomes ultra-efficient to pinpoint where there's an issue and how best to solve it as a full team effort. Again, Subscribed is a must-read for subscription newbies. We give a copy to all our new hires, but for folks already in the thick of it, our extended summary should suffice. Ultimately, we need to be shifting our mindsets to better recognize, understand, and avoid the shortcomings of traditional innovation, marketing, sales, finance, and IT strategies. A business with a successful business model does this openly, constantly innovating to the needs of their users. And that's exactly the message Subscribe stands for at its core. Hang out with us next time. And if you have a book you want us to break down, send it over to abby at recurnow.com and tag us on social with hashtag recurnow and we will get it on the list.
And there you have it, your August 28th episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow where we do it all again. And if you know anyone who'd want on the list to receive daily episodes, send them straight to recurnow.com.